welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We're on episode number 79. It is March 25th. We're recording this at 8.17 p.m. I am back with my co-host, the Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? Not, uh, just, I'm thinking about what you God said in his in his in the preview to his autobiography memoir about what oh uh, about how Reza destroyed the Wu Tang Clan, uh, <laughs> how no, how they don't really talk anymore, how it's like a dictatorship. <laughs> you guys not allowed to use the Wu Tang sign on his album. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is so wrong. <laughs> That's wild because they were just on um, or maybe not just. It might have been like a month ago. Because him and um, what was it? You got method, and I want to say Master Killer were on Drink Champs like a month ago. But Rizzo wasn't there, so I guess yeah. No. <laughs> Did he drop an album or he put out like a new song? Uh, Wu Tang or no, you, you got? You got. I mean, I'm sure he's doing something alongside his um, alongside his uh, uh his book, but I don't think he. <laughs> yeah, he's got an album coming out on the thirtieth. Okay. Yeah, I thought I'm pretty sure I saw him prepping for something. That sucks though. I mean, but... he 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 was one of the worst too in Wu Tang. I'm about to not let him use the logo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's that's a bit disrespectful. <laughs> oh man, shout out to you, God. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> that is terrible. But um, he's he's like they, he was very upset because he didn't have proper representation. Because Rizzo got all the good lawyers and agents, and like he, he, <laughs> he was just flat out his ass. Ah, <laughs> uh, why are you doing you got dirty like that? That man's out here trying to make an honest living. <laughs> but like, I never got the feeling that like the Wu Tang Clan was actually close. Like, no, they I... they definitely have a like like we're cool sometimes kind of vibe, or maybe like. Certain of them are cool with each other, but like as a collective, it's just kind of like, yeah, like I, I I just deal with y'all, but I don't know how much of at least that's what it feels like now. I don't know how it was back in the day, but I I, I want to say I heard something where like none of them bothered to visit ODB when he was in jail. Man, so, actually, you know what? It, it makes sense. They I ain't gonna say it makes sense that they don't like each other, but like because I know you've seen that one video where like Meth and Ghost were arguing. When they were, they were on tour or something, because I think they were on, like, a bus. And, like, Meth and Ghost were going back and forth about something. So, yeah. It, it, it seems like a bunch of dudes who are probably... Outgrown each other? Maybe outgrown, but, like, they're... <laughs> I feel like they're, like, short-tempered. 
So like you you put them in a room with each other and they're around each other all the time. That just like they're bound to not click all the time. I mean, like, like they're from that age of like when like you to be a rapper you had to be like a character, right? And like that that's just not that like that many personalities just constantly in con. It's just not meant long term. It's kind of yeah. a surprise that they're still doing shit together now. And I think for them like. They were really like I, I didn't get to feel like they were even really well I mean like they're characters but they're they're really like what, what's the word I'm looking for they're about that life yeah uh, like they're, they're, they're about that life like you were there New York doesn't make the type of people that the Wu Tang are anymore right and it reflects in the music but yeah those they, those guys are of a, a different breed that's a different cloth there will never be another OTB. Not at all. Never. <laughs> not at all. Oh, man, that sucks, though. Give, give that man his logo. There will oh, be a million Capadonas, though. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know what? With, with Cap, we're going on a long tangent, but I don't care. <laughs> this thing got nine albums. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't... I don't mind Cap. It was just like he. I just felt like the, the Triumph verse because I, I love that. That might be. It's not my favorite song of all time. It's it's probably like top five though. It's it's, it's up there. And it was something about his verse that just sucked the life out of that song for me. It just. <laughs> <laughs> but it's bad, But I know his entire verse by heart because I've listened to that song so many times. But his verse just it, it kills me every time I hear it. Because everybody else just bodied it, and then he comes in. And it's just... <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm reading like I'm reading his Wikipedia thing. He's like he's you God's mentor. How much does this make sense? <laughs> and then like the very next line is, however, Capadonna went to prison and was replaced in the group by Method Man. <laughs> oh man! Shout out to the Wu Tang Clan. Shout out to you, God. Um. I mean, I hope his book does well. I might, I hope you know, I might buy it. Fuck it. I feel like that would be an entertaining read. That would be an entertaining read. I hope you can find a logo. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised he's allowed to say Wu Tang on the damn thing. Right. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the cover right now. It looks like a self-published book. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Tom. Times are hard. <laughs> times are hard. Oh man, but um, yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty interesting weekend. Um, I'll let the listeners know real quick. Um, I've been really fat today. Like, I've ate a lot of food, and um, the itis definitely took me out this morning. And I, I basically the today has consisted of just two really big meals, and I just had my last big meal about an hour ago. I'm gonna try to keep my energy up. But I'm I'm really tired right now. But I'm <laughs> I'm gonna try to stay alive uh, for the duration of this episode. Um, and also, a quick note uh, before we get the show kicked off, uh, we will be doing like a kind of a, a women's MMA dedication at the end of this episode that you guys should stick around for. Uh, list off some you know some fights that hopefully you all are aware of. But if not, we'll shed some lights uh in dedication of women's history month so that will be dope so make sure you listen to the end of the episode 
Uh, we'll probably ring off a pretty good number of fights, relieve a few moments, all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, so that'll be going down, and we'll be talking about the Invicta card also. But before we get into that, um, as always, the podcast can be listened to on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, most importantly, leave a review. And don't forget to, ah, forget to share the podcast with a friend. And a uh, quick shout out to the top cities. Uh, uh, number one city uh, within the last seven days, uh, Cairo, Egypt. By far and large, number one, I should say. So, um, I don't know who out in Cairo, Egypt has been hitting the play button this much, but, um, I appreciate it. Um, number two, Elkridge, Maryland. Number three, San Antonio, Texas. Number four, San Francisco, California. And number five, Hayward, California. So, shout outs to all of you lovely people out there hitting the play button. Um, appreciate it. Really appreciate it. That being said, uh, I guess real quick, I'll let you kick off the news of all the fight announcements and good stuff that has been happening throughout the week. All right. Um, I guess the big one would be uh, Darren Till finally has an opponent and the date. He uh, he will be fighting Stephen Wonderboy Thompson at UFC Liverpool, and I believe that's in May, right? Because I never actually bothered to look up the date. Sounds about right. Uh, don't be me a liar. <laughs> uh, yeah, May 27th. Uh, oh, my birthday. Happy, well, happy birthday. You're going to get 25 minutes of uh, them staring at each other. <laughs> you think? Till tends to slow down down the stretch. If he does not knock Wonderboy out in like the first round, I can see like Wonderboy just outpointing him for the last four rounds. Because I get Till should be like a middleweight. He is a big, big man. Yeah. So he, he, he cutting all that weight is going to gas him out. Uh, but uh, I was gonna say I don't know why for some reason, uh, and I like Till. So I just got this feeling he's that fight's not going to go too well for him. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's just it's just a hunch. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. But uh, also announced that welterweight. We also we got um. Santiago Ponzinibbio fighting uh, Kamaro Usman in the main event of UFC Fight Night Chile. 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 And I believe Santiago Chile. Um, so that's going to be a big deal. Uh, we got, uh, I think we talked about it last week or the week before. Or I can't even remember last time we recorded. Uh, but it was, uh, we talked about how Cub Swanson for Sparky Edgar was in the works for UFC Fight Night in Atlantic City. Well, that's official. It'll be the co-main event under the Barbosa fight. Wait, it's the Barbosa fight? Yeah. Um, also going on, Shogun versus Ustamir. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Incoming flames. <laughs> we, we have a number one contender fight. UFC Fight Night 129. <laughs> also in Chile. Chile. So, I'm just saying... If uh, <clears throat> DC wins in July, this fight <laughs> could be a number one contenders match with the winner fighting Alexander Gustafson 
for the act for the light uh, for either an interim or a light heavy or the actual light heavyweight championship. So we are two Shogun left hooks away from Shogun Champion 2018. <laughs> oh man, the the hero we deserve. <laughs> and he's he's here to save MMA. He's, oh man. He, <clears throat> um. Jose Aldo has said he's accepted a fight with Jeremy Stevens for UFC Fight Night Singapore. He's just waiting on UFC confirmation that the fight's going through. Uh, Jason Knight versus Maquan Americani, UFC Fight Night 130. Wait, is that right? Because I feel like I'm mixing the two up. Nope, that's right. So that's UFC Liverpool. Um, over, uh, well, TJ versus DJ is off. Um, and the, uh, what actually got me is the reasoning. Uh, according to Dana White, uh, they couldn't... Uh, oh, DJ's recent surgery has pushed back the fight too much, and now they're just moving forward getting TJ a fight uh, a bantamweight. Uh, the fights that are on the table are probably like Dominic Cruz and uh, Cody Garbrandt. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. Um Gina Mazzani versus Lena Landsberg is also set for UFC Liverpool. Uh, over in Bellator, champion Brent Primus is out. He will be replaced by Brandon Gertz uh, for um, as an opponent for Michael Chandler at Bellator 197. I keep forgetting Primus is champion. <laughs> I was actually, I was actually kind of blown that he got injured. But like, are you serious? I, I was, I was. This man has been champ for how long? Uh, almost. I, I wanted to remember that he was champ, so I just wanted to see him fight again. And now, I want to say know. nine months. It's, it's been a minute, but we just—he's he's been so quiet lately, and I, I was just kind of looking forward to making sure he still fights. But yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait. But I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even sure he's a real person anymore, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not mad at the replacement though, man. Gertz is a, a violent dude, so. That 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 it, at the least, you know, somebody's definitely getting knocked out in that fight. That'll, that'll be pretty violent. So, I'm um, I'm not mad at that replacement. Right. Um, the UFC offered Anthony Joshua five hundred million dollars to sign with Zufa Boxing. Make of that what you will. Um, an ex Strike Force fighter who I believe is his uh, Charles Manson's um, what you call it nephew grandson something like that now has gained the rights to his remains <laughs> which okay i don't know what he'd do with them but he he now has he now has his uncle's remains probably worth something i mean if i was if i was a fighter i'd wear like his remains around my neck as i walk to the cage and that'd be my gimmick like I'm not sure if he's cremated or not. Like he might actually just be like a full, you know, corpse. <laughs> but like you cut off like a pinky, and you rock it as a necklace. You have to like tie that somehow into your nickname. Somehow you gotta you gotta weave that in there. Because like, if you're gonna do the gimmick, you gotta go all the way in. You, you have you have to you have to do this Boston wall. Wait, uh, uh, he is the grandson, so. Um... Here we go. I am a grandson working to take proper steps to show respect to my grandfather and his true close friends. You know, those people who helped him murder all right. those 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not only doing this for me, it's for everyone who stands firm in the truth of life. I'm just a tool walking this part of my journey out. It has brought a lot of hardship on my life and family at home. I have no I have no comment on <laughs> I have no words. I forgot. Charles Manson owns a bunch of like he owned a lot of the songs of that the Beach Boys recorded for some reason. Oh boy. That's one of the most bizarre quotes I've heard in a long time. <laughs> Why does Charles Manson own the Beach Boy songs? Huh? Somebody asked him. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe in his spare time, that was. Uh... Oh, they were friends. Oh, that explains a lot. Mm. No words. <laughs> no words. <laughs> oh boy, is that uh, is that everything? Um. Oh no. Uh, porn site Cam Soda has uh, is you know. Going to have an MMA card featuring uh, Rico Rodriguez, Alex Nicholson, and of course, Crazy Horse. <laughs> See, S- uh, Sensei, with the, w- with the success of Kimbo Slice, who got famous mainly by fighting on porn sites, why have we not seen more of this? I don't know, but uh, I mean, if, if 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 this even goes remotely well. I mean, I'm waiting for the first Bellator one. I'm 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 waiting. What porn fight? I'm waiting for the first just Bellator porn card. I mean, you guys already got not NASCAR. I don't know what race card. I mean, Coker did have the card at the Playboy Mansion for yeah. Strike Force. This so. is that's the next. This is the next logical step. Like if they were still Spike, I'd I'd think I'd say you know what they'd probably do it because Man Channel, but they're Paramount now. They're 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 mm-hmm. rerunning like Pitch Perfect two. They have wow. an image to uphold. Yeah, I gotta, gotta tone it down for the kids. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, what's crazy? That card is probably somehow gonna be really good. Of of course, <laughs> that card's gonna be epic. Oh boy. I wonder what like the. Oh, you know what? I just thought of another card that was on a porn site, or at least advertised on one, because it has my favorite freaking um, promo of all time, where. Was it Jeff Munson, who just like he appears on your screen and is like, "Do you like to see guys get fucked?" <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, Je- Jeff Munson was advertising his fight versus Mark Kerr on Don King TV. Um, and just and like the in what is the greatest promo of all time? The thing just opens up with, "Do you like to watch guys get fucked? Watch Man. me fuck up Mark Kerr <laughs> on Don King TV. I'm gonna fuck him up. I'm gonna fuck him up." <laughs> I mean, points for creativity. Nobody else is, you know that uh, that market is open for you. Like, I'm, you, you I, I, I mean, I, I know Jeff Munson, based on his, um, what you call it, proclivities for, um, his political proclivities, he, he probably died a little inside hearing that line. 
or having to read that line. But I think there is definitely a market for people who like Jeff Munson that way. <laughs> if the internet has taught me anything. Oh, man. What what day is that card? Uh, uh, I'm not even sure if I had a date. Uh, but, uh, maybe you're going to make me look up cam soda on my computer. I'm sorry. Just, just go to incognito. <laughs> oh man, I, I hope I, I I need to make sure that card happens. Like I don't, a, I hope it... a, April twenty sixth in Fort Lauderdale, wow. and it will be streamed for free on legends.camsoda.com. I feel dirty having just said that. I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, if we reviewed that one, that that would be. I'm in. I'm down. I'm not oh, sure April, if it's April 26th. What day of the week is that? It should be a Friday or a Saturday. It's a Thursday. Oh, Lord. Uh, that might not happen. We'll see. I'll keep an eye open. <laughs> oh, man. Who would have thought back in those days when, you know, Art Jemis is running around with one glove and Hoist Gracie's running around in a gi some 20, 30 years later. You know, we've we've elevated the porn sites. That's how far we've taken the sport. This this sport was never classy. <laughs> <laughs> you can put all the, the nice little production uh, tidbits on it you want. You, you can get all the be- you can get rid of condom uh, condom depot as a good sponsor for like low income fighters. <laughs> but this sport will never be classy. Oh man. Speaking of sponsors, <laughs> yes. I need to. <laughs> we might as well just segue on into it, man. Victor <laughs> no, FC twenty eight <laughs> went down uh, yesterday on March twenty fourth uh, at the Union Event Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. And before we talk about any cards or any of the fights or any of that good stuff. Um, I just I need to know this story of Hannibal Burris becoming a sponsor for Foreign Victor, and his face is in thirty different locations on the cage, and his look ranges from he's concerned to at the same time I'm glad that two girls are sitting on my face. See, <laughs> there's that. He's like I'm concerned. I'm disappointed. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm tired and old. Right. It could be it could be a million different things, and that's the beauty of it. Oh man, that's that's one of the most like. I I want to know what that conversation was like. How did how did that partnership even? I mean, like this is not the first time this has happened. Um, in the main event of this card was supposed to be a fighter, um, Moradin. Uh, God, I can't remember her name. I can't remember how to say her name, I should say. Uh, let me look up really quick. But, um, point being, she was originally supposed, um, she was originally, uh, uh, Janaisa Morandine. There we go. Um, she was originally supposed to make her, like, Invicta debut, um, way back at Invicta 22. Or was it after that? Um, but she either missed weight or she had visa issues or something like that, and it got put off. 
But Hannibal Burris paid to have his face on her on her uh, outfit for the fight. So this is the second time he's done this. <laughs> but this time he's just like, just so I make sure that my face is there, I'm going to throw it on the mat instead. And on the pillar. Because it was on the pillar. <laughs> Man. So one of like on the low is he like an avid fan or how? Oh this... yeah, he he he's talked about it on his podcast where uh, the handsome rambler or yeah. See, I've listened. Uh, maybe I just haven't been listening to the right episodes because the ones I've heard, I've never heard him mention it. Uh, there's one called like the Invicta. It's just that's the one I've heard. Like he talks about like getting high in Chicago and going to and watching Invicta. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Oh, man. But that's, that's you know, it, it was kind of awesome, though, at the same time. Like, it was really bizarre, but it, it was awesome at the same time. I'm, I'm I'm not mad at it. It was, you know, the UFC doesn't give me that kind of stuff because you guys are over there messing with Reebok. And... I'm just saying, I want to know how much he paid because I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but... If there is a fighter out there who would throw on the uh, the Dojo Talk podcast logo on their shorts, make it happen for like fifty bones or a hundred dollars, <laughs> like yeah. y- y- message us. Right, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. Shoot, I know somebody who makes shirts who might just have to get some have to get some shirts made. Well, uh, we'll we'll figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, if, if any of you guys are out there, um, you know, just just uh, emails can be sent to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo dot com. Hint, 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 hint. You know, we can we can work something out. Absolutely. We got we got you we got you covered. But we don't got shots to handle. We don't got a lot, but we got passion. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> passion will carry you somewhere. It won't pay your rent, but. It'll make you feel good. See, that that guy from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Anthony Kalatis, Kalatis, Kalata, like, I, I don't know. But I'm getting tired of seeing his face all the time at UFC cards. <laughs> like, the Hamlet Burr actually paid to have his face on the map. He is a true fan. That is true dedication. Exactly. Let's, I wonder who drew that picture. Let's see a Red Hot Chili Peppers logo on the damn Evicta Cage mat. Oh, they aren't brave enough. I only want to see Hannibal now, because his was just so... I'm afraid of who might follow up behind him now. Like, I don't want this to become a trend. I, you see, I do, because, like, I want fighters to get paid a little bit more on the regional scene. So, like, nah, nah, I don't know, if, like, um... There are just certain faces I don't want to see... Like, I mean, like there, there has to be somebody out there with like a charity or something. Who, like, uh, what's the the uh, Rosie Perez? She's like an avid boxing fan. I don't think she sponsors anybody though. That would that would be nice. See, she she would get a pass, but then we get somebody like I don't know, somebody I don't really care for. I can't think of it. There's somebody out there who I don't want to see on a cage. But no, no, they probably don't watch it anyway. I mean, this is MMA, like, in, like let's be real. We'll end up with someone like Richard Spencer or something. <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to Hannibal Buress. That was it, was. it made it made watching the fights that much more entertaining. <laughs> but 
I guess, uh, yeah, we're going to cover this card in Victor FC 28. Uh, so we will run this from the top. Uh, so main event. Uh, I'm going to try not to butcher your name. I apologize. Vierna, Jandaroba, and Mizuki Inoue. Um, I forgot this is a strawweight title, correct? Yes. Uh, strawweight title fight. Um, so I'll admit, I've been... I started off with Invicta pretty strong. I feel like like the first, I don't know, like I was with Invicta pretty strong for a while, and then right around when they went on Fight Pass, kind of got out of loot because I just didn't have Fight Pass. <laughs> so like I, I kind of tried to keep tabs, but not as much as I wish I would have. So I've been out of loop on who's kind of up and coming and new faces, so on and so forth. But uh, in a way, it was a face that I definitely recognized, somebody who I was a pretty big fan of. So I was, I was pretty hyped to watch this main event. Um, as a fan, it did not go the way <laughs> I had hoped uh, it would have went. Um, I, I, I guess the first thing I noticed, um, I mean, I, I know they're both straw weights. that definitely seemed to be a size discrepancy. Oh, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> like, and, and mind you, this, like, uh, so for those who don't know, like Mizuki... Uh, Tore her ace, like, both her knees? I thought it was yeah. just the one, but according to... Not like, both of them. Yeah, well, it was both of them. Um, so she's been out for, like, 20 months, I want to say? Something crazy like that? So this was her return fight. And I guess as part of her rehab, she was doing, like, weights and stuff, because this is the biggest she's ever looked. Like, it, like I'm not talking about she came in overweight. Like, she looked, like, jacked a little bit. Like, compared to, like... The twenty-year-old who was right. in there fighting Beck Rawlings, who is who was like at least like a foot taller than her, but and but she still looked tiny. Yeah, compared. Yeah, they 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 look at least a weight class <laughs> or two apart. But I mean, she came in like one pound of their weight too. She was like one thirteen. One thirteen. Yeah, one thirteen point nine. But I mean, Mizuki was, you know, she was she was holding her own. It just seemed like one of those fights where it was just like, it just seemed like she was overpowered, and it was the longer the fight the the fight dragged out, I was like, I just I don't know what answers she's she's gonna have for this. Like every time the fight went to the ground, which there was a lot of that going on. Um, I, I guess I'd have to give her credit just for, like, not even getting finished in this fight. Because she, like, she was in just bad spot after bad spot. But, like, was still making it competitive, trying to hold her own, like. But it was just, Vienna just seemed like she was just, she was too much. Like, it was just, she, within, like, the first, not even minute, like, 30 seconds of the fight, like, Vienna sends Mizuki airborne with a slam. And... I don't know, man. It, it seemed like the, the fight just never really got on Mizuki's side at all. Like, she just... She, she kind of got overpowered. Like I said, she was still, like, trying to make the fight competitive. Like, at no point did she, like, wane or, like, quit or look like she was just, like, giving up. Like, she was trying to amount an offense, but it, it just seemed like she just kind of got overpowered. Like, it was just... It was too much. Yeah, um... No, exactly. Like her eye was closed in the first round. Um, on that ground and pound off the takedown, 
Mm. Uh, she did a great job of always fighting back to uh, guard, uh, being defensive off her back, not letting um, Jandaroba, who, who is an accomplished like jujitsu fighter, um, she she's like she's beaten Cordella and Amanda Nunes in straight BJJ contests. So like, she's a, she's a legit black belt, and Inoue did a good job of stopping her from. Well, not beating her up because she did beat her up, but just running away with the fight. Right. Quick note: I don't know one of the judges gave this fight to her. Oh yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> when I I was watching this fight, um, I had stepped out of the room for like a quick second, and I wasn't watching the fight because I was just disappointed when it was over. I was like, oh, I already know she lost, and I like, but the the fight is still on, so I just hear it. And I heard the scorecard, and I immediately walked back in the room. Like, they're not really about to give this to her, are they? Um, but uh, she didn't get it. But yeah, I don't know what fight. Uh, I love Inouye, but there was no way. There's no way with a straight face. <laughs> I don't remember. Do you remember what score they gave her? 49-46. Yeah, that's insane. Absolutely that's nuts. Because <laughs> for the entirety of this fight, she was pretty much on the defense. And it, it wasn't one of those fights where, like, somebody takes you down and they just kind of, like, lay on you. And maybe they just got positioning, but they're not doing anything. Like, she was getting taken down and beaten up. And, like, it, it wasn't, it, this was not a lay-and-pray performance. So, I'm like, I don't get how you could have gave her, I don't remember if I gave her any rounds. Not had her losing it, basically 50-45. Yeah, I don't think I gave her any rounds, like. So I yeah I don't know uh, if that judge just dozed off. wasn't Bird was Bird there? That was a very Bird score. There was one. The other two judges did give it forty nine forty six though, so I could be just over. Uh, you know, over, over, over hyping up a little bit, but I didn't get could be, but in, in real time it seemed bad. Yeah. <laughs> in, in real time it seemed like a pretty, pretty a very decisive. Uh, very decisive victory. Um, and big shout out to yeah, Jen, yeah. Roba because she, she looked great. Oh, yeah. She she fought, like, aside from getting a finish, you can't really ask for a better performance. Like, and she, it was a five-round beatdown. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, and anybody else who's trying to come in and take that belt, like, good luck to you. There's um, nobody in Victor who's going to beat her. Um so I look forward to her getting called up to the UFC on short notice in a couple months. <laughs> yeah, man, she is a uh, she is tough, man. This is a, a very good size <laughs> for the division. Like I, I feel like even in the UFC, she's, she's probably gonna hold some size over some people. She's listed as five two on like uh, topology, and let me check sure dog because five two. Yeah, no because in the way is listed as five four, and that seems. No, that's that's off. That's definitely off. There's no way she's five. Also, she's got some long ass limbs, like deceptively long ass limbs. Cause they're de- like she's they're definitely longer than like how she is tall. Like her arms. Um. So and she it, <clears throat> there's not a whole ton of there are women at um strawweight who try to do the wrestle thing from top position like just. Grind you down and beat you up from top. Uh, Carlos Perza, Tatiana Suarez, um, Julian Lima, 
but they they are few and far between. You feel me? Like, there's not a lot of women with this specific skill set, so she she's gonna have that advantage going for her. And even with those who have that skill set, like, like I said, if she takes you down, it's not just like, oh, I'm just gonna get a good position and kind of lay on you. Like, no, you're going to get beat up, and I'm going to pass your guard, and I'm going to advance. And I'm going to make this as unpleasant <laughs> as possible for as long as this fight goes on. And um, I'm going to get an arm lock, or I'm going to get a choke, or I'm going to get something. Yeah. So, and, like, she she is a butcher if, if there has ever been one, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, shout-outs to her. Really good performance. I mean, shout-outs for, for in a way, for, like, just toughing out these five rounds. Because, you know, like you said, yeah, like, her eye got closed within, like, the first round, and it only got worse as the fight went on, but she she toughed it out. She lasted all five rounds, you know, did her, her best to, to make it a competitive fight, but... Um, I, I feel for her, like, she lost a year because of... Uh, she got she lost two years because of injury, like, she's, she should be fine. She's 23, but, like, uh, her, her her record looks screwed up because like there's an extra loss on it that shouldn't be there because of the DQ and um it was a deep jewels because she came in overweight once um but like she keeps tripping up against just women who go on to be like really good fighters like her her four losses are Ayaka Hamasaki who was uh at one point like the number one strawweight on the planet. And then dropped down to Adamweight and won the Invicta Adamweight title. Right. Alexa Grasso, Caroline Kovalkovich, a fight she arguably won, who later went on to fight for the title, and now Virna Jandaroba. Like, it, it just it just looks like she's too small for the division to hang at the top. Like she's good enough to probably pick off the the weaker parts of the top ten, top fifteen, but. She doesn't have that kill. She, she doesn't have the finishing uh, ability yeah. to to really be like the boxer she wants to be. Well, we'll see. Yeah, that was that was a a tough loss, but definitely props to to Vierna. She she held it down. She like I said, five five rounds slacking if there if there, if there ever was one. Uh, so we'll we'll see if she gets that that UFC call. And uh, if she does get that call, good luck to uh, whoever uh, sees her on short notice. Um, you might you might have a rough night <laughs> ahead of you. But um, yeah, that was pretty much the main event. Uh, so continuing on down the list, uh, co-main event of the evening: Deanna Bennett and Karina Rodriguez. Um, Talk about bad scorecards. Yeah, the... <laughs> the, the the two judges that gave this fight to Bennett. Uh, for the split decision win, gave her thirty twenty sevens. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's wild, especially considering. I want to say, I, I think round round one, I, I, from what I remember, was pretty close. But like round two, like at least from my memory, I might have the rounds mixed up. Karina was getting the hands off. Yeah, like she was she was definitely getting the hands off, and yeah, like a lot of this fight was. You could tell Karina definitely wanted to just keep the striking going. Uh, Deanna was trying to bully her around in the clinch, get the get the takedowns working. I mean, which she kind of sort of did in the first. I feel like they, they kind of 
<laughs> somewhat stalemated in the first. That that one was was pretty close. So I guess that round could have went either way. But to to me, yeah, it seemed like in in a second, Karina was definitely getting the hands off. Um, she just she just looked really sharp. I was pretty sure when they went to the scorecards that Karina was gonna win. And uh, yeah, I, I was actually kind of surprised. And uh, I guess it was weird because it was one of those decisions that I was expecting. Like, I don't know. I thought one of the announcers would make a deal out of it, but like everybody just seemed to be cool, and I, it made me feel like I watched the fight wrong, or like <laughs> like I was watching something different than what everybody else saw. And I mean, no shade at the end. Like, it's this you're not a judge, so it's not your fault that you won. You know, you you just go in there and do what you got to do, but. Yeah, I don't know. I I I would have gave Karina the nod, but you know, it's it's just one of those. You know what? And in my partner shots and shoutouts, I'll get back to this with MMA judging. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. What, what, what did you? Uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, I think Rodriguez didn't get enough. Uh, not I shouldn't. Say, I thought Rodriguez won. Uh, like it, it, in my eyes, this was like clear cut for her. At, at the very least, two rounds to one. Um, I, I think what hurt her uh, and what kind of hurts like Alexa Grass a little bit is they get to, they tend to get a little bit tentative, especially when the opponent's being aggressive and they like they have good wrestling instincts. So like their offense gets a little muted and they become a little bit more predictable, a little bit more hittable. But Bennett, I don't think did anywhere enough to capitalize on that. She got a couple of um, blast double takedowns that Rodriguez basically got up from immediately. Um, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling trying to figure out like where she, where she won three rounds. I think, and this shout out to my homie Scott Noble because I'm, I, I might as well bring I, this ties in. I feel, there's this thing in like MMA where with, with like judging, where it's, it's kind of like, do you judge more on like ring control? Or, or octagon control, quote-unquote, whatever you want to call it? Or do you judge more on, like, damage? Because, I don't know, It <laughs> this seemed like one of those fights where, like, I, I feel like, I guess, if you go on damage, Karina definitely, I don't think anybody can make an argument that Karina probably landed the more damaging strikes. But with Deanna, with her working the clinch and all, and, you know, a lot of the fight of her keeping uh, Rodriguez against the cage, you know, you, you count that as, I guess, control. So, like, which one of these are we supposed to weigh more on? Like, what, what's, what's higher on the scale? Because I, I guess, like, with these kind of decisions, like, that's the part that always throws me for a loop. And I'm like, I'm not sure what, what are the judges, like, what are they looking at? Because I, I always lean towards damage. Like, control is, is good. It, it definitely counts. But if you're not... You know, if you're not if using, you're not controlling yeah. and if you're not and punishing somebody for it, then it's like, what is your control you know, good for? Right. Well, yeah, what is it there for? But then I guess somebody else will make the argument like, well, the other person allowed himself to be put there. But and then we just run around in circles with that talk. But I mean, yeah, I don't allow yourself to get hit in the face a bunch. Right. That's your camera for something. <laughs> Karina had a really dope. Um, it was one point, I think it was in the second round, where uh, Bennett had her back against the cage, and she's going for this takedown. And <laughs> I feel like Karina did like a wall walk in midair, 
to like keep herself off the ground for a split second. So like super flexibility. Um, uh, also worth noting, Bennett came in overweight. Um, she came in at one twenty seven. Oh yeah, did not know that. Yeah, I don't know. This this was this, this fight. This this. I I wish everybody. I I I personally I, I got or not a debate. I, I had a discussion earlier about this. I, I wish judging was more kind of like one where you judge the fight as a whole and not a round by round kind of thing. Because I feel like in a way that can kind of sort of eliminate these kind of situations. Maybe not all the way, but but like it's, it's still it comes down to incompetence. I feel like like. Uh, is the in a, in a three round fight like um I'm trying to think of one where recently where uh like um where one guy won one exchange in the fight almost got the knockout and then ended up losing like the last like two rounds and two and a half rounds on like control or something like what do you do in that instance. Uh. See, see, that's where it gets kind of, <laughs> and then also, it, I think judges, and I think not even just judges, I, I think even fans and people in general tend to, you tend to remember the fight as a what have you done for me lately kind of thing, so it's like, I think people tend to forget what you did earlier than the fight, Oh yeah. and like, they it, just judge it by like, oh, the last two minutes they did really good, so I guess I'm just going to give them the round, or I'm just going to give them the fight. Yeah. It's really easy to forget the early work. So, but, who knows? Yeah. It's, and like I said, it's no no slight to, to Bennett. Like I said, it's not her fault. You, you go in there, you you just do what you got to do. And, right. you know, the judges do what they got to do. I, 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 mine is. <laughs> no, for the, only for, because I had to watch a terrible, terrible fight with Melinda Fabian at the 12-26 finale. In which she literally did nothing. They it, it was terrible. No, see, I don't, I don't watch tough. So it, it was, it was on tough. It was the <laughs> finale. It was the one where Nico Montano fought for the title. I think I'm, did I missed it. Oh no, I think the only fight I saw on that card was the Nico Montano fight. Oh, you lucky bastard. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I probably dodged that one, but um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a tough, tough break for uh, for for Rodriguez. Yeah, I I I thought she did enough to get the nod, but you know, this M- MMA gonna MMA. Right, right. So <laughs> it, it it is what it is. Speaking of tough, we have somebody else from that se- uh from that finale slash season. I don't even know if she was on the season. Um, Christina Marks. Uh, oh yeah, well uh, Milana Dudieva. In what? Oh, that is the next yep, fight. And what can be considered the most awkward fight on this card. <laughs> Which says a lot, because there was, like, how, three debuting fighters on this card? Or, like, uh, like how many fighters with one fight previously? Yeah, a lot, a lot of, like, one and O's or one and ones or something like that. Um, yeah, Milana Dudieva, <laughs> Christina Marks. It's kind of weird, because I was really, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I was really intently watching this fight because <laughs> there was a lot of them. They were throwing 
with intent to kill, but like nobody was really connecting anything. It was really kind of bizarre <laughs> to, to watch. But like every swing, I was just waiting. Like eventually, somebody's gonna land. Like somebody's got to put somebody to sleep at at some point. And literally, right, I can't remember which announcer. One of them literally made the point right before the finish, and they're like, "Yeah, they're both kind of throwing, but you know, nobody's really connecting anything significant." And then right out of nowhere, uh, Dudieva, she cracked it with a right, and. uh that was uh, pretty much all she wrote. She she ate the right. Uh, Marks went down, ate some a uh, couple shots on the ground, and that was uh, that was a wrap. I, I and I'm not gonna complain about the stoppage. I know she was reaching for a leg, but she seemed like she was kind of out of there. Like she was uh, she was done. I mean, she didn't fight for like the first round and a half of the fight. So what was she gonna do now that she was semi-conscious? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good, good finish from uh, from Duty Ava. Like that was a pretty nasty, nasty right. And that ground and pound was pretty, pretty vicious. So you know, when when they finally did connect, you know, it, it mattered. She, she got the job done. Duty Ava is out here like working. Um. Oh, she was supposed to fight uh, a new way on this fight and this card, but she fought like three months ago uh, and she got knocked out by Vanessa Porto. So, so, I feel like her, her and Mizuki would that would have been a good matchup. I think that would have been the right matchup for uh, Mizuki coming back off of injury. Right, but um, not a whole lot to say about this fight. Yeah, a lot. Of <laughs> it was like it was like a very aggressive sparring session, and then somebody actually landed and knocked the team yeah. out. <laughs> and then the and then the coach had to come over and scold her. Right. <laughs> Great uh you know, <laughs> awesome finish still from Duty Ava. Uh, you know, put the lights out. I'm I'm always here for some for some, some good quality violence, so at least at least I got TKO out of it. So I'll 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 take that and be happy. Um moving on to the next fight. Uh Pearl Gonzalez and Kaylee Robbins. Uh, Pearl coming off. Uh, what was the last UFC fight? I cannot remember. Um, probably in the Botella. Uh, yeah, probably in the Botella. UFC two sixteen. Oh, so she had a what? A two, a two fight skid. Yep, she lost to. Sit- Damn, they cut her. Yeah, sit- cut her after two. Wow, that's a that's kind of a surprise. Yeah, I thought they would at least gave her one. Huh. Uh, UFC going UFC, like we said, we don't, we don't. Nobody knows how cuts work anymore. You just kind of wake up one day and who knows? Who who knows how this works? <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, because like, what's her face? Kayla, uh, Kayla Curran got like five losses before she was right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how cuts work anymore, but either way, uh, Pearl made her Invicta. Uh, debut uh, against Kaylee Robbins. Um, lots of groundwork, <laughs> a, a a ton of groundwork going on in this fight. Um, Robbins, did re- Robbins I, was really solid. Yeah, I want to say I, I felt like in the in the earlier like first half of the fight, like Robbins was definitely holding her own. Um, she was really bringing it it's, it's, um, to Pearl. Like 
She was just, but like the thing was, she would get into a position and uh, get an advantage, and like Pearl would like reverse it. Yeah, she had a really nice. I can't remember what round it was. She completely like powered and rolled Robbins over. Um, I can't remember which round it was. It was really beautiful to watch though. But um, yeah, man, it it was a lot of this fight was you know like I said a lot of groundwork, a, a lot of <laughs> submission attempts. Uh, going on, I think Pearl was trying to lock like an arm bar up in the first round, um, and like you said, yeah, like any time Robbins would get an advantageous position, like Pearl would just somehow find a way to reverse herself out of it, or if she's not reversing out of it, she's throwing up a leg, trying to take a limb. But um, yeah, like Robbins did, I thought did really good for like the first two rounds. Like she was definitely holding her own, but. Uh, it, it felt like towards the latter half of the fight, like Pearl started to definitely take, uh, definitely take control. But it, it was a really fun, you know. If, if you like the, if you, if you appreciate the ground game, this is a pretty entertaining uh, fight to watch. Uh, quick side note: wasn't sure what was going on with the, what was this little thing Pearl was wearing? This, this gold, um, <laughs> I don't know what this is. This, this gold. I'm trying to think of. I don't even know what this is called. Skirt. <laughs> it was. It was really just like distracting me though. It was so bright. Oh, yeah, her skirt thing. <laughs> yeah, that little yeah, that that skirt thing was just was really bright. I've but, seen um, them before. I don't remember where. They they but, yeah, purple. They kind of like they kind of like the tie skirts. Um, kind of sort of, but it's yeah, it's kind of like that. But it, it seemed like there's it, something different it, about it. I think it's just the color that's the. Uh, it, it's a little extra. I'm gonna lie. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot going on, and I felt. I feel like that could like poke somebody's eyes. That's exactly what Julie Ketsy said. Right. <laughs> it looks that looks like it's some kind of like hidden advantage, but you know, it it is what it is. But I say yeah, really really fun uh, ground fight. Lots of just them putting each other in bad positions and <laughs> finding ways to get out of it. Uh, but Pearl definitely towards the latter half of the fight started to get off more, um, especially like in the in the third round, but. Did, did, uh, um, is my memory like uh, like wrong? Because I only watched all these fights once. But um, did Pearl get on top of her uh, like in mount at the end of the second round? Just beat the crap out of her before the bell rang. Uh, because one of the judges gave her the car the fight third twenty six. There was she 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 was on top at a couple points in this fight. Actually, you know what I can. Uh... Yeah, she did. Well, she wasn't like beating her up. Being, oh, yeah. she like kind of was. <laughs> yeah, she definitely did in the second round on top. Uh, yeah, and she was landing uh, some some ground and pound. Yeah, like her her uh, Robin's face was pretty. She was wearing it after after this fight was over. Yeah. Um, I remember in the third, I'm pretty sure Pearl got off of, and I don't even think it was just on the ground. Like she she got off on the feet a little bit. She landed some. Some good shots. Like she, she punished her in the, in the third. Um, but yeah, it, it was still a, a really fun fight. Um, this was my first time seeing seeing Robbins, and like I said, even though she lost, I, I thought it was still a pretty gutsy, pretty impressive performance. And you know, for Pearl, who unfortunately got, I guess, cut after her two fight skid. You know, back in the win column, and a, a pretty entertaining fight. So. Probably, uh, so, so probably getting a title getting shot. That call back. I forgot what division is. Strawweight. Uh, Strawweight. 
We'll see. We'll see. Definitely a pretty, I don't say, I can't say kind of dominant, but not, that's, that's definitely a title shot worthy fight. I, I wouldn't be mad if she got a title shot off of that. I mean, and she's a name, so, you know, you also got that working for her, but yeah, Pro Gonzalez uh, got a decision over Kelly Robbins. Uh, what's going on? Next fight going on down. Oh, all right, let me try not to butcher any names going on. <laughs> Mina Grusander and Fernanda Priscilla Barros Pinheiro. Um, I want to say this was the fight, if I remember correctly. Uh, Pinheiro was winging a lot of... <laughs> she was looping a lot of just these wild overhand punches. But a lot of them were landing. <laughs> and for the first good portion of this fight... She was connecting just with a lot of these wild swings. Um, it's kind of weird because it seemed like Mina was trying to be like the. I didn't say trying. She she probably was like the, I guess technique wise, like the cleaner of the two with the striking. But she was getting caught with like a lot of these just wild hits. Um, but she stayed the course. Didn't I guess, you know, get made as like she didn't get drugged into like a really ugly fight. She she kept her. Her her technique going. I mean, eventually it it paid off. She um for the finish of the sequence. I felt like she got her flush with a couple shots. Um, she fell like around against the cage. Uh, trying to remember somehow they had ended up on the ground, and then she just got grounded and pounded for a, a very long time. <laughs> for, yeah, it was the ref probably could have stopped this fight a, a good five six seconds earlier. Um, because she was getting punched, she was getting, I think she got, like, kneed, <laughs> like, in the rib or something like that. She had some pretty vicious ground and oh, pound. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, like, yeah, the, the yeah, knees, like, the grounded opponent. Yeah, she was getting, yeah, it was, she was getting worked. It was, it was bad. Uh, Mina, Mina definitely put it on her in that finishing sequence. Um, yeah, shout, shout out to me. This, this was another pretty, pretty fun fight, like I said, um, I'm already... Uh, blacking out on her name. <laughs> um, Fernanda Priscilla? Uh, Fernanda Priscilla, yeah. Like I said, a lot of just these wild strikes, but they were landing. She was definitely trying to, like, push the pace. Dude, she's really but, fast. Um... Like, I'm not I'm not sure that's because Mina, um, Mina is kind of lumbering, because this is her first fight at Adamweight. Um, she's actually a strawweight who dropped down, and she is huge for Adamweight. Um, like, I don't know how much Priscilla weighs, but like she, she looked like a. I don't even know what you call that in MMA, like a ninety-five pounder. <laughs> but uh, really strong performance for. Well, I'll say both because this was like Priscilla's fourth fight. In uh in the sport and, uh, Mina uh, Grusender is actually a, much like um. Jose Shorty Torres is a product of the IF, uh, the IMA, IMMAF. So she's got a lot of experience behind her, um, unlike Priscilla. So yeah, it uh, it definitely worked. Man, I'm actually rewatching this fight now. She clocked Mina in the first. <laughs> yeah, this this is this was definitely a fun fight to watch. Um. But yeah, shout shout outs to both of them. It was awesome performance from both of uh, Mina with the 
pretty pretty vicious finish. Um, oh lord! Speaking of vicious, um, this next fight. All right. So before you get into it, um, this is the fight I fell asleep during, which is why we didn't record last night. Uh, the first. You know what? So while oh oh snap! So you fell asleep during this fight, and my internet went out. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the first round of this fight, and I was so entertained. And then out of nowhere, my internet, <laughs> my internet just decided that I wasn't gonna be able to watch this, and it just, it just quit on me. Um, so did did you get a chance to uh, to rewatch no. it? No, because what oh, what man. I remember was the cow. Um, God, I'm terrible at names. Uh, cow. Yeah, fifty cow, cow sports. Cow. Uh, yeah, 50 Cal, uh, uh, just pushing, uh, Hanson up against the cage, and, like, getting off, like, small knees and stuff, but I was also like, oh, now I'm at the part where they're throwing, okay. I fell yeah, asleep before she, this part. Um, she, yeah, she, she landed a very, <laughs> a very vicious, um, vicious slam, uh, <laughs> you, you would say, and... See, I didn't see. I I need to rewatch. I didn't see what cut her in the. Oh, I'm guessing that was the third round, um. Because right, I'm pretty sure that was the the last like moment of the fight, where like they were pushed up. Uh, Fifty Cal had her pushed up against the cage, and I don't know if like her, I don't know if the elbow just kind of like slid across her face, or. I'm not sure how it happened, but in this last sequence, the elbow slides across her face, and like, um, poor Kate, uh, uh, not Kaylin, uh, Kay Hansen, like the whole like left side of her face is like a complete just bloody, like, <laughs> like Mortal Kombat fatality red. Like it, it was really bad, and then she got taken down. Fifty Cal just kind of abused her <laughs> at that point. Um, I'm at the part where like she's going for a banana split, and then she tries to turn it into a calf slicer. God, I'm watching the end of the fight like right before they wipe the blood off. It's just it looks like a murder scene. Like, I mean, and, and rightfully a TKO stoppage. Like she. She was getting abused, and with with all that blood that was going on, <laughs> you know, he, I'm not mad at anybody stopping that fight. But um, oh, there it is. Oh, there it yeah, is. Man. That's the one. Elbow against the cage, cuts open right above her eye. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. Oh, then she starts. Oh God. Yeah, it was vicious. It was very vicious. Like those hammer, like yeah, she like, was hammer fisting right to the cut cut right and like the blood just starts like immediately flowing like there's no it, it just immediately starts flowing it it, it was that, that's one of the bloodiest faces i've seen in a long time like the props to <laughs> hansen because she is still like hanging on that leg oh she's out yeah oh. but i mean props to her corner people they cleaned her up pretty quick <laughs> but that blood was just luckily it was just from that one spot yeah, but Lord, it was it was vicious. But th this was a pretty, uh, pretty fun, pretty entertaining fight. Um, I want to say, um, is it? 
Um, I'm pretty sure this is fight. Isn't Kay Hansen like 18? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah. So that's that's wild. Like, and I think they even said this in the broadcast. Like, at, when she graduated, like, she she didn't, she immediately knew like, she doesn't want to go to college. She didn't want to, you know, just get a regular nine to five. Like, she knew she wanted to. No. To go, go to the college. And... <laughs> Don't be dumb. This sport will not last forever. <laughs> but, I mean, man, she she was in this league, and though, like, she she was, it was it was a pretty fun fight. But yeah, man, that she she's she's got some cojones, man. At, at eighteen, you go in there, and I don't know if somebody did that to me at eighteen. That's uh, I'm retiring the same day. Like that that night, that not even that night. The, the second I go back into the locker room, uh, those gloves are coming off, and I'm just gonna find another rear path. But um, yeah, man. Uh, Fifty Cal went in there. She she handled business, made it a real just bloody, <laughs> just crime scene. Um, so shout outs to her. That was a, a pretty awesome performance, and. All right, this next fight is unfortunately like the last fight of this card that I <laughs> remember. <laughs> the, the other two, unfortunately, my memory's kind of kind of shot. Um, so we got Kerry Kennison and uh, Chelsea Handler. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, Chelsea Handler Chandler uh, trains with. Uh, oh, sorry, Chandler trains with uh, Nick Diaz and company. Nick Diaz Academy, and she throws punches exactly like him. And she has the mean hug. <laughs> exactly. You, you think that's the thing she, they teach? She oozes us. It's not like they all like they, there's like a drill where they have to stand in front of a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be because like it looks it looks just like a Diaz face. Like there's no way at least two times a night she's not in a mirror like just, mean mugging. Yeah, she's she's trying to perfect that. And from what I heard, I didn't see, but. Apparently they they both had a pretty intense uh, stare down at the weigh-ins. Um, so yeah. Why does everybody <laughs> who ends up training with the Diaz's, except for like Shields and Melendez, ends up fighting like them and acting like them? <laughs> well, I mean, there were a lot of, and I think I, I think this was her debut also. I yes. want to say. Uh, she, um, she did pretty good for a debut. Yeah, yeah. Like there were parts of her game I really liked. She's very. I think you know one one of the good things about you know being like a Diaz. She's very active off of her back. Um, anytime she was on the ground, she was throwing a leg up. Um, she spent a good portion of the first round trying to uh, sink an arm bar in. You know she didn't get it, but like I said, she she was always threatening off of her back, pretty much the entire fight. Um, so yeah, yeah, like that was awesome. But she also uh, I think she ended that round getting dropped. Like right at the last second, and this was weird. Because I I want to say this was the fight where like the round ended after she got dropped, but nobody heard the bell go off. Well, I the the um not the bell the uh like I heard an air horn, but it sounded like it was dying. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, everybody was confused. Like some people thought the fight was over. Um. Yeah, it was it was really bizarre. Like, yeah, I don't know what what happened to the air horn or what. Yeah, that air horn needed some life because uh, no nobody heard it. Um, but I mean, luckily the ref was on the job. He, he stopped the fight. I, I guess when it needed to 
be fight. It was funny because when the, they normally do that 10 second, whatever that little noise is. Yeah, they is. thought the round was over. Yeah, and they, and they stopped in. And then, um, actually, that was not too shortly after Kennison got the the knockdown at the end of the first round, which is really clean left that she hit her with. But it was a really pretty good back and forth fight. Like I said, a lot of a lot of groundwork, a lot of, uh, like I said, Chandler being pretty active uh, off of her back. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good for a debut. I'm not, I don't think that was Kennison's debut, but for, for Chandler, you know, pretty good debut. Obviously you don't want to leave with a, a loss, but still a lot, a lot of good things I, I think she showed. So not a, a loss to be ashamed of. You go back to the drawing board, you know, you'll go back and, and make adjustments as needed, but, uh, really good, good win for Kennison. Good performance. Way to get yourself out of a lot of, you know, just submissions in general. Like she was escaping umbars, she was getting out of triangles. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty entertaining scrap from from both ladies. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm having trouble remembering the fight outside of like gender fighting. <laughs> like she throws exactly like the DS brothers do. <laughs> like the same the same kind of twerk on like the, the shoulder the, the same st- the, the same stance. Like the exact same stance. It's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> but uh, uh, oh, props to um Gary uh Gary yeah, Kerry Kennison, yeah. uh, was solid performance against a game opponent. Um, did a really good job of beating uh, Chandler to the punch, and just like on the ground, they were a little bit more even. Um, except down the uh, yeah, second round on, it kind of seemed like Chandler gassed. Um, yeah, not a whole lot really to say about it, except like he, these early fights, especially, were like really near Hannibal's face. So, like, it's, just, it's just kind of bizarre. It feels like he's judging me. He was judging everybody. He, he was uh, he was definitely judging everybody. <laughs> yeah, really good uh, performance from Carey. Another entertaining fight. Um, but yeah, Carey went in there, uh, Held it down, yeah, like you said, towards the later round, especially that third round, she was definitely kind of, kind of putting it on her. So, um, shout out to Carrie Kennison, great performance. Um, these last two fights, uh, this is where my memory unfortunately completely goes dead, <laughs> and I feel bad because I definitely rewatched both of these and I still kind of don't remember them. Um, but Jillian DeCourcy uh, got a unanimous decision over Rebecca Levine. Uh, did you watch this one? Do you have any any recollection? Uh, yeah. Um, Levine was going for like takedowns. She was getting, she got them early, especially. But like, uh, DeCourcy was just uh going for armbar, uh, uh, submission holds and armbars, and like from the second round on, she was it was just like DeCourcy's fight. Levine kind of gassed a little bit. DeCourcy got on top, landed some really nice elbows from the uh, from Mount. Um, at one point, I think this was the fight. Where the course he got like a, uh, um, like the the weirdest uh, Kimura lock on, and like the Levine was in mount, but the course still had the the Kimura, so she like uses it to like kind of just um, 
not shove, but like she just kind of sits up out of like from being mounted by Levine. It's really weird. Like she just kind of scoops her hips out and like Levine goes down. But um, I remember this being a fun fight. Um, and a really solid showing from DeCourcy. Uh, I'm I'm always happy when uh, Victor has like a strong Adam weight fight on. Because that's the one division that nobody's going to jack any fighters from. <laughs> so, you know, props to both of them for a, a, a solid fight. I'd, I, uh, for Tracy Cortez versus uh, Kate, uh, Caitlin Neal, I don't remember anything about the fight. Uh, I think I mentioned this before we started recording. All I remember is Tracy Cortez's freaking Etu, which is a man, a random man in a UFC shirt. And a Yankee hat standing. What I, I'm going to say on a beach, but like there's no beach. It's just like he's like in the middle of the water, and he's just like giving you the thumbs up. <laughs> and then it's just like her whole left like shoulder slash bicep, and I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't know. She probably would say, "Why not?" I mean, I guess it might be a fighter. I don't know. But yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe they, like, maybe that's some kind of like dedication or something. I, 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 like, I spent a long time looking at it, I couldn't figure out who it was. <laughs> I would hope it's a, a, maybe a de- dedication to somebody she knows. Yeah, if, if it is just some random made up like UFC tap out guy, <laughs> it's probably it's probably not a good look. But um, I mean, she's also like twenty four, so this might be like a. a an early life mistake. That is very, that is very possible. <laughs> that is very possible. I, I wanted to be some but, random guy. Just be, just so she's like, no, it's just some random guy. <laughs> this is her creative character. Or whatever that new UFC game is that I've never played yet. But, um. The third one? Yeah. You performing surgery over there? Oh. Hear a bunch of noise and clicking. Oh <laughs> uh, no, that's well, that's my mouse, and the noise I assume is my brother watching the most recent episode of Dragon Ball. Oh, that was awesome! That was awesome. I'm really gonna miss that show. I mean, it's coming back, but um, so yeah, that was Invicta FC, uh, twenty-eight. Oh, you said that. Uh oh, I hear nothing. Uh oh. The Dojo Talk podcast is back. Um, if you're hearing my voice right now, you probably heard some kind of sloppy edit to fix the mistake that we had. Um, so we lost audio for the entire second half of the episode we recorded yesterday. So we are now re-recording. Uh, on March 26th, next morning or next uh. Like afternoon, I should say, because um, we wanted to finish the episode, and we love you guys. Oh, we like y'all. Love might be a strong word, but <laughs> we wanted to give you guys a full a full episode. So we're just gonna pick up uh, right where we left off. Uh, so uh, we just finished covering uh, Invicta uh, FC. Was that twenty eight? Yep. Numbers right. Yep, twenty eight. Uh, so moving on from that card, uh, just a few quick notes before we. 
uh, get around to our dedication. Uh, luckily, I don't want to say, kind of luckily, this mistake <laughs> in recording happening uh, happened because now we have news to give you guys um, that was not available yesterday because it had not happened. So, as of today, March 26th, uh, Ricky Simon, who was the LFA Bantamweight champion, uh, has actually now signed with the UFC after his successful title defense in which he uh, put the pause on, uh, I cannot remember the other gentleman's name. Vinicius um, something. Yeah, that, 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 whoever that gentleman was, he, he caught some hands. Uh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but uh Vinicius Zani. Zani. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, Zani got knocked out or TKO'd. Uh so Ricky Simon will now be the latest addition to the Bantamweight roster in the UFC. Um also Jessica Aguilar and Jody Escabel will be fighting at UFC Fight Night one thirty one in Utica on June first. And for anybody else who cares, uh Tyron Woodley is claiming that uh his MMA training with Floyd could begin sometime this week. Whatever that's worth. Um, <laughs> but um, so I guess real quick before like I said we go into the uh, dedication we got uh, just a few mentions of other cars that went on uh, already mentioned LFA but uh, one championship had a card on the 24th uh, headlined by Bibiano Fernandez and Martin Wynn um, Bibiano stopped what could have been a historic moment uh, Wynn was going for his third title uh, he is the current featherweight and lightweight champ at one. He was going for the bantamweight. Uh, he lost to Bibiano uh, via was it, I want to say it was a split decision. I'm not sure. Yes. Um, I I watched the fight. I, I probably would have scored it for win, but at the same time, it was kind of one of those fights where it seemed like we, we we spent the whole fight just waiting for the big moment, and they both I think they both tagged each other at least once or twice. Um, I think Bibiano did probably land the hardest punch of the fight. No fight, but he um, he staggered win pretty bad. I can't remember which round it was, but he staggered him pretty bad. Uh, I think it was a right hand that he landed, but it was a close fight. Not the most exciting uh, about. I personally thought win won, but it is what it is. Uh, so Bibiano yet again uh, holding on to that bantamweight belt uh, over at one, and also on the same card, uh, definitely worthy of note, uh, Gary Tonin. Who, if you pay attention to anything going on in the jiu-jitsu world, you definitely know who Gary Tonin is. Um, he made his MMA debut on that same card against Richard Cormanal. Uh, he did not use his jiu-jitsu at all <laughs> in this fight. I think he made it a point to just kind of let the hands go. And for a debut, man, it, it went just as well as you would hope. He, he looked pretty good. He looked really comfortable on his feet. Um, and he ended up uh, he caught Corman with a right, turned his entire body around, <laughs> TKO'd him, got him out of there in the second round. So really, really dope performance from, from Tonin. Definitely looking forward to see what um what he does in the future over there at one. And uh, that's all I got. Uh, but I know you watched the uh, some of the boxing that had took place, if you want to recap, uh, a flatlining that happened. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, Dillian, uh, Dillian White almost murdered Lucas Brown on uh, TV, and it was so bad. Sky Sports refused to play the replay until they were sure he was not dead. Oh man, <laughs> that, that is an actual thing that happened. <laughs> oh man, 
Lucas Brown, I have no idea how Lucas Brown was a world champion. Good, <laughs> good God. Hey, I mean, we can laugh a little. At least we know he's alive now. I'm, I'm assuming he's alive. He's, uh, I have not heard that he is dead. The last time I saw him, they had finally woken him up and they were giving him oxygen in the ring. Which, honestly, they should have been doing between rounds. Like, if you're a heavyweight, you should have an oxygen, uh, oxygen tank in your corner. Uh, we hope he's, uh, hopefully he's, do, he's doing all right. Um, actually, other quick note that I saw. Did you see on that same LFA card the guy who hit the, the flip off of the guy he... Uh, yes. So, apparently, he issued some kind of apology, but... He shouldn't have. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> Listen, if you like, like what ends up happening is he got knocked down, and the guy who was like who knocked him down ended up knocking himself out, trying to go for ground and pound, like to to finish the fight. So the guy gets up, stands on his back, hits a back flip in the air, and gives him the double birds, and it's amazing. <laughs> and for people who. If you want to look it up, uh, the gentleman's name was uh, Drew Chapman. Uh, this was at the same uh, LFA car with Ricky Simon. Um, yeah, this I've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen a man knock himself out like that before. <laughs> like, he knocked himself out and then the guy backflips, or front flips, I should say, off of his, yeah. You see, you don't get any sympathy for me if you knock yourself out like that. I was wondering though when I saw this, if 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 I'm um the other if, if I'm uh what's his name Irvin Ayala or Irvin's Ayala, so this is the guy who got knocked out. Um, if I'm in his corner and somebody back flips off of my fighter, that's a cage fight. Like that's we're stomping you up. <laughs> I mean, if my fighter uh, knocked himself out after basically <laughs> cinching the win. I, I, I'd be like, you deserve it, bro. Like, <laughs> like come on, we worked on this. <laughs> you see, I, I'd feel differently if he, if the man had, you know, if he had knocked him out and then decided to backflip off him. You see, that's in poor taste. Right. But when you do it to yourself, <laughs> you get what you you get what's coming to you. Oh man! <laughs> but either way. You guys definitely looked that up. It's a really, <laughs> this is a really bizarre, this really bizarre moment. Um, thank God for this sport. This, this is why everybody should watch regional MMA. Right. <laughs> Su- support the local so we can have these magical moments. Uh, these, these, these are the gems. These magical Twitter moments. I'm wondering how long he's gonna get suspended for. They should give him a trophy and like the keys to the city. <laughs> Like this man was knocked down and and, and and loose and like very shaky. Not even two seconds before he, he stands up and does a backflip. Oh man. Like, this is a heavyweight. If I'm that guy, I'm 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 calling for a rematch. I don't know how that fight was going up until that point. I mean he was winning until he Oh no! Yeah, we're rematching. We're we're, we're we're like as soon as I get the ice pack off of my head, we we gotta we got we gotta rematch. But that that was um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I've never seen anything like that before. I but, once um, saw a man hit um the people's elbow in a fight. 
that's probably the closest thing I've ever seen to this. Was that recent? No, this is from years ago. This is from like some random ass um uh fight in like the Midwest. Like, I, I think it was actually happening in a barn. <laughs> but like like you the dude like isn't in the middle of ground and pounding the dude from side control stands up and <laughs> the rope's right behind him so he just goes and like leaves back into it and then hits people's elbow. Oh man. Uh, that's uh I wonder if anybody has footage. Uh, I have the gift somewhere. We gotta we gotta we gotta find that. That's uh if you can send that to me I would definitely put that in the show notes. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, regional MMA, man. It's just, it's out of control. <laughs> but <laughs> before we get out of here, um, as I stated earlier in the episode, uh, we wanted to do, or we had a, a nice dedication planned. Uh, so just to preface this uh, before we... Remember when we had that very long preface? We did. The second time we tried to do this? <laughs> For the record, this is the third time we've tried to record the second half of the show. Right. <laughs> so, this preface might be shorter than the other two that we had. Uh-oh, hold on. We got we got the people's elbow. Hold on, hold on, guys. I have to watch this in real time. Jonathan Ivey. Oh, he and you, he watched him do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a... <laughs> He's, he is a very round man. Like, did, did you really expect him to try and get up? I think the I think he was in such amazement that he didn't think <laughs> he, that he's he like, was. Gonna... No, he's like, there's no way this man is doing what <laughs> I think he's about to do. Oh man, this is amazing. It, it's it. He literally like looked up as he ran back to the room. He he really did the pump too. Like, damn. <laughs> oh my. This is great. <laughs> oh yeah, this is definitely going in the show notes. You you guys definitely have to see this. <laughs> but hold on, I have to get this off the screen. I, this is gonna distract me if I keep watching this over. And this is amazing. <laughs> but so um, as for the the dedication uh, that we have, so I'm gonna have to reword this preface uh, that we recorded twice. Um, so we wanted to do, in honor of Women's History Month, uh, just a little dedication to women's MMA, uh, to some of the fights over the years that we've watched and, you know, thought were pretty awesome for, you know, whatever reason. Um, I'd say that to say that, I guess, ne- neither of us would claim to be experts <laughs> uh, in terms shit. <laughs> about anything <Inter-> so <laughs> we are not experts in the in in the field uh of women's mma and also um unfortunately like a, a lot of the old school women's mma fights um it's kind of not not like it is now where like everything is archived and in like a digital library a lot of these old school fights are just really hard to find. Like you, you gotta search all four corners of the internet, and even then, you you still might not, you know, they they still might not really pop up. So, you know, a lot of I guess you could say like OGs of of women's MMA, so to speak. Um, if if you hear some names that are left out, um, people you think that should be recognized, we're not leaving them out on purpose. It's not a slight. It's just, you know, like I said, a lot of these fights are just, they're really hard to come by. 
some of these fights are online, but they might only have like one round instead of the entire fight. So if you hear any names left out, this is not a slight or anything. It's just especially like the Japanese fighters, um, right? Because that uh, organizations that like pop up on both our lists. Because I know what your list is because we did this before. <laughs> but um, like Valkyrie and uh, Smack Girl and the old Jewels and even I guess the more recent like Deep Jewels, like they, they are. It's just hard to come by if you're not really. Even if you are into like the torrent game, it's. Uh, God, I I used to know uh, the dude who used to um, do play by play for like Deep Jewels. Or Jules before Deep bought it. Um, uh, he told me yeah, like they were doing like especially for the prelims they were doing like no type of video for it. So they were like for like uh, there are just like a bunch of matches that happened in Jules that we will never see because nobody bothered to flip out their camera. And this is back like when the iPhone was just becoming a thing. Right. So. A lot of these fights, like, if you just, if you weren't in the thick of it, like, literally, like, when it happened in real time, uh, unfortunately, like, a lot of these, you just, you just kind of missed out on I mean, for a lot of them, like, if you just were not there, like, you, right. you just missed it. But, um, you know, with that being said, we both have, uh, lists both of each 25 fights, um, and I'll, I'll preface, I guess it's pretty much kind of the same for both of us. This isn't like a, a greatest hits list, so to speak. Um, these aren't like the 25 greatest women's MMA fights. Like I said, e each fight that'll be named is listed for one reason or another. Um, could be just a great finish or uh, maybe just like a historical moment. Or in a lot of these cases, they were just really awesome fights that I think everybody should see. Um, I can say from my list, uh, before I start listing them, um, between... Fight Pass and YouTube, uh, you should pretty much be able to find all of the fights that are on my list. Um, and also, I would encourage, you know, if you hear any name on either of our lists that you're not familiar with, you don't know, um, hey man, hop on YouTube, hop on the internet, get on your Googles, do some research, and, you know, hopefully we will put you guys on to, to something new. Um, but, with that being said... Let's uh let's get this list. Alright, I'm gonna let you go real quick that answer door. Alright. <laughs> so um and like I said, just before I start, uh this list is numbered but it is not uh it's not numbered in any kind of order. So I, I literally just like numbered these as I was going to just keep a tally of how many I had. So like number one isn't doesn't mean it's the greatest fight of all time. As number 25 doesn't mean like it's the worst fight or anything like that. These are just fights that I'm just randomly listening. But, anyway, starting at number one, Elite XC Destiny, Gina Carano versus Julie Kezzi. Uh, number two, Invicta FC1, Leslie Smith versus Kate, Caitlin Young. Number three, Bellator 23, Zola Frosto versus Rosie Sexton. Number four, Invicta FC5, Sarah Kaufman versus Leslie Smith. Number five, Invicta FC 11, Michelle uh, Watterson versus Jessica Penne. Number seven, uh, this is the Strikeforce versus Rousey Kaufman card, uh, and the fight is Misha Tate versus Julie Kedzie. Number eight, 
Invicta FC6, Tisha Torres versus Doug Rose. Number nine, Bellator 34, Megumi Fuji versus Zola Frosto. Side note, I know on the record it says Megumi lost. Nonsense. It's another story, but. <laughs> Anywho, number 10, one championship 42, Angela Lee versus Mei Yamaguchi. Uh, number 11, Legacy Fighting Championship 49, Andrea KGB Lee versus Ariel Beck. Uh, number 12, uh, Tara LaRosa versus Roxanne Montefiore. Number 13, Ultimate Fighter Finale 23, uh, Claudia Gadelia versus Joanna Janjacek 2. Uh, 14, UFC 201, Karolina Kovokovic versus Thug Rose. Number 15, Tough 17 Finale, Katz versus Misha Tate. Number 16, uh, UFC 199, Jessica Andraz versus Jessica Penne. Number 17, UFC 196, Holly Holm versus Misha Tate. Number 18, UFC on Fox 20, Valentina Shevchenko versus Holly Holm. Uh, number 19, UFC 184, Ronda Rousey versus Katz Number 20, uh, Tough 20 Finale, Carla Esparza versus Thug Rose. Number 21, uh, MFC, Amanda Buckner versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, number 22, UFC 217, Thug Rose vs. Joanna Janjacek. Number 23, uh, LFA 23, Sabina Mazo vs. Jamie Thornton. And number 24, Chris Cyborg vs. Gina Carano. And coming in at 25, uh, Show Fight 2, Erica Pace vs. Chris Cyborg. Um, and I'll, I'll just make quick notes of some of these fights and kind of why I put them on the list. Uh, actually, I'll go to 25, show fight two, Erica Pace versus Chris Cyborg. Um, Erica Pace is the only person on earth who can say she beat Chris Cyborg in an MMA match. So, you know, that's something she can hang her hat on forever. <laughs> um, uh, MFC, Amanda Buckner and Shayna Baszler. Uh, Buckner was somebody who I kind of came across, um, just kind of researching, and she was a, a name of kind of like the, I'm not sure if she was like first wave of women's MMA, but definitely in the earlier days, um, just absurdly tough. And this finish was just <laughs> kind of, just kind of crazy because she, she got Shayna Baszler with some ground and pound with punches that it didn't even look like she was throwing that hard. And Baszler was just like out cold after about three shots. It, it was really just like wild to watch. Um, Tara LaRosa and Roxanne Montefiore, uh, these two have fought three times or something like that. Um, and this, the fight I'm referring to on this list is actually the second time they fought. Uh, the first time is, the, the first fight is on YouTube, but only the first round. Uh, but the second fight was also pretty awesome. Tara LaRosa, another, uh, like, true vet of women's MMA who was, like, around doing this when it wasn't the cool thing to do. Um really like well-rounded just super tough <laughs> for no reason man a lot of her fights were uh were really entertaining um as i mentioned megumi fuji and zoila frosto um what 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 do i even say about this fight other than megumi was definitely robbed <laughs> of a decision that she should have won um all, all five of those rounds are on youtube if you guys want to watch that I, I'm not sure how Zoila got the nod for that. Um, it's also probably yeah. on the Bellator um, site. If you guys want it all in one place. Oh, I probably should have watched it on there. Yep. 
would have made life a lot easier. <laughs> but yeah, man, Megumi Fuji, um, just really awesome. Another true vet. She was actually one of, the, literally like one of the first women's uh, MMA fighter that I like ever came across. Just searching online back when YouTube kind of first started, and it's just this small petite woman who was just grappling people to death. And it was amazing to watch. So she's definitely somebody, uh, if you don't know, to, to check out and look at her catalog. Um, a fight that hurt, it really hurt my heart to put it on the list. But I had to. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Kat Zingano. Um, I, I was not a very big Rousey fan. But I knew my list would be very disingenuous if I didn't at least get her on here one time. And... <laughs> I, I singled this fight out in particular because leading up to this fight, nobody on earth could tell me that Cat was not going to give Ronda the blues and more, and I ended up getting my feelings hurt in about 10 seconds. Cat <laughs> Zingano proceeds to run out, and I have no idea. If, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know what, um, I'm not sure what that game plan was. But uh, it got her tossed on her head for her troubles. And it got her arm uh, bent in a very weird, awkward position. <laughs> got her tapped out. So, um, yeah, that that happened. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, that that's... Uh, oh, and I guess other uh, quick mentions. Uh, Misha Tate and Holly Holm I threw on the list. Just because, like, Misha was always, like, circling around the top of the division, like, he's consistently just been at the top of the heat, but could never seem to get over the hump, and in that fight, she, she finally got the belt, um, I think that fight just kind of <laughs> encompasses her career, like, she's just this really scrappy fighter, who, like, she's not done until she's done, and I think she, she proved it in that fight, so that, that was just, I thought, a, a pretty awesome moment, um, and I guess for some of the younger fighters to highlight, um, uh, Andre KGB Lee and Ariel Beck, um, it, KGB went for like 80,000 submissions in this fight, and I'm not sure how Ariel Beck got out of half of them, but she did, um, <laughs> ended up getting caught in the end, but it was just wild watching how many submissions, um, KGB went for. And, like, Ariel was just bent in so many awkward positions. There were so many times I was sure she was going to be out of there. And she just kept finding ways to get out. And it was it was just really, really wild to see. Um, and I guess the last fight I'll, I'll mention before I toss it over to you. Um, uh, Carolina Kovalkovic and, um, oh, God, I lost the fight. And Thug Rose. <laughs> um, Carolina's just awesome to watch. When she's on her A game and firing all, all cylinders, it's really awesome to watch. Like, clinch work is amazing. She's not like a power striker, but when she does get the hands and feet and knees going, it's 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 beautiful to watch her just, like, deliver punishment and volume. Um, yeah, man, she, she like I said, when, when she's on her A game, it's, it, it is a thing of beauty to watch. Uh, so those are just a few fights from, from my list I wanted to highlight. And a quick shout-out definitely to Gina Carano, another kind of like one of the first women in MMA I pretty much ever came across. Um, definitely look her up. And, of course, that historic fight with her and Cyborg that for a lot of people put 
Cyborg kind of on the map. Um, but yeah, all of these fights, as I said earlier, between Fight Pass, YouTube, you can pretty much find all of these. Um, definitely give them a look. A lot of classic wars like the Kaufman and Leslie fight, uh, or like Leslie and Caitlin Young. A uh, couple of good finishes like the Andrade and Penne, which was just brutal to watch. And uh, other fin good finishes like the Frosto, uh, Zola Frosto and Rosie Sexton. Uh, so all these fights are, are awesome in their own way or hold some kind of significance, at least to me. Um, so that is, is my list, and I will pass it over to you. All right. Um, first off, just uh, some women who aren't going to appear on my list, not because of um, like their lack of importance or like the lack of fight quality, but just like I... I, I it, I, this list was literally just the first 25 fights that came to mind um, when I thought, like, great introductions to women's MMA. Um, so, like, Amanda Buckner is not on my list. Jennifer Howe is not on my list. Um, Yuka uh, Suji is not on my list. She should be. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, Erica Montoya, who was almost the first woman to fight in the UFC like 10 years ago, is not on my list. Uh, Roxanne Potiphar is not on my list just because I forgot to include some of her, her old fights. Um, Laura de Auguste is not on my list, former number one pound-for-pound pound woman on the planet. Uh, again, not because of any malice, but just fight availability and what came to mind first. And like I've said before smack girl valkyrie um fucking shoot just lack of access man and time so yeah no malice uh so number one on my list which is the about like yours is not ranked and uh, but unlike yours i forgot to put the card numbers in and I didn't think we'd be doing this again, so I actually deleted my list and had to go back to Google <laughs> Docs and try to figure out how to find it again. But um, uh, number one is the only fight that I would rank without ranking on this list. Um, Yuana Janicek, Koya Gadella uh, 2. It's one of my favorite title fights. It's got like an amazing arc to it where Gadella runs away with it early. But you know, Jacek battles back in like the last three rounds and has one of the most inspiring performances the champions ever had um, to come back from an early drought. So that's my only that's, that's the only ranking I have on there. So that's number one. Um, number two, Misha Tate versus Julie Ketsy. Number three, Ronda Rousey versus Liz Carmouche. Number four, Sarah Kaufman versus Alexis Davis. Two. Number five. Rose Namajunas versus Tisha Torres, two. Number six, Leslie Smith versus Caitlin Young, the first fight, I believe. Um, number seven. Oh, I should mention, I also included boxing and uh, Muay Thai fights by MMA fighters on this list. So number seven is actually Heather Hardy versus Shelly Vincent. Hardy wasn't an MMA fighter at the time, but she would be. Uh, I think she's actually going back to bo boxing now, but after her last fight with Anna Julitson, which was god awful. But didn't she retire too? Anna Julitson, yes, yeah. she is retired. Um, Heather Hardy is going back to boxing. She'll be fighting in Brooklyn in April, I believe. Um, but point being, Heather Hardy, Shelly Vincent, it was the first televised 
fight on U, uh, on US TV in forever. It was amazing. I saw it live. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's on YouTube. PB, uh, PBC's um, YouTube channel posted it. It's great. Um, number eight. He said Watsonabe versus Satoko Shinashi. I have two, but that should be one and two. They were both great fights. The second one's hard as hell to find. But there are gifts out there of the finish in which uh, Watsonabe knocks Shinashi out. And it's one of the cleanest knockouts you'll ever see. Where... She hits the ground and there's no bounce, there's no give, there's no nothing. She just drops, she just drops like a like forget a bucket of rocks. A, it, it's crazy, because again, what's that? It's like 105 pounds soaking wet, and for her to generate that type of power is crazy. <clears throat> Number nine, uh, he said Watanabe versus Sohiham. Uh Number ten, he said Watanabe versus Miku Matsumoto. Number 11, Misha Tate versus Kat Zingano. Number 12, Misha Tate versus Holly Holm. Number 13, uh, I have Misha Tate versus Ronda Rousey 2, but it should be 1 and 2 because they're both really good fights. Um, number 14, Kat Zingano versus Amanda Nunes. Number 15, Jessica Penne versus Mich- uh, Michelle Waterson. Number 16, Gina Carano versus Julie Ketsy. Showtime's first televised women's fight. It's really weird watching nowadays because it was only three uh, three minute rounds, so the fight was like nine minutes long. Um, number seventeen, Gina Carano versus Chris Cyborg. Number eighteen, Angelo Lee versus uh, Vivi May or Mayamuchi. Number nineteen, Mizuki Inoue versus Alexa Grasso. Uh, number twenty is one of those um a fight between Chris Cyborg and Jarena Bars. You haven't seen it? Go watch it. It's on YouTube. It's amazing. Um, number 21, Amy Montenegro for Celine Haga. Uh, number 22, Alexis Davis for Shayna Baszler. Uh, number 23, Michelle Waterson versus Erica Tabercio. Uh Number 24, Megumi Fuji versus Emi Fujino. Uh, the first one. I, I guess you could watch the second one, but um, the first one's the better fight. The, the the second one was I think Fuji's retirement fight. Uh, and she had already kind of been in decline for a while, so mm, it it wasn't a great it wasn't a great action affair. Um, and my last one is um, we're for uh, we're ten days removed from the anniversary of the fight between Christy Martin and uh, Deirdre uh, Deirdre Gogarty, which is on the undercard of the. Uh, Mike Tyson, uh, Frank Bruno card on Showtime. It's the fight that launched Christy Martin's career with the mainstream, made her face of women's boxing, and eventually got her on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So, so you know, very important in the history of women's combat sports. So, we just gave you guys like 50 fights. Um, well, even though we, we had a few of the same ones. Yeah. Still, <laughs> double... Double double digit fights, and these fights are pretty damn crazy. Like the Amy Montenegro Celine Haga fight, where Montenegro gets choked out as the fights, as the bell for the fight is ringing, and they have to wake her up so that she can they can tell her she won the fight. <laughs> or the Jessica Penne Michelle Waterson fight, where like Waterson's getting the crap beat out of her until she. It wasn't even the best. It wasn't the best arm bar attempt ever, but Pettit had, I guess, broken her arm, 
or like damages somehow, elbowing Warson in the face. <laughs> and Warson was able to put enough pressure on the arm bar for her to um for her to uh, just lock it up. Um, yeah, it was that was a wild. Invicta just had a lot of those early Invicta cards. There, there were a lot of good, good scraps on there. Like, well, kind of sucks. A lot of those uh, <laughs> streams to crash back in the day. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. Like, yeah, in Invicta's a lot of those early cards. Man, there were a lot of good fights. The matchmaking was legit. Like now, I know it's um, like I think it's Leslie Smith and uh, Julie Katz. You make the fights. Like. I don't. Do you remember the story about what happened to Victor's first matchmaker? Uh, no, I do not. She she was basically selling. Uh, she was basically matchmaking for like favors, like you know, sexual favors. Um, Jesus. yeah, and she she was like the. From what I understand, she didn't really know that much about the women she was matchmaking, so she got a journalist. Um, God, not the dude behind MMA Rising, but I can't remember who it was. It sure as shit wasn't Pegson. It was garbage. Um, but there was somebody out there, like, like it, it might have been Robert. It, matter of fact, it might have actually been Robert Sargent, the guy behind MMA Rising. Uh, a fantastic resource for all things women's MMA if you guys have not uh, visited the site before. But, um, yeah, so they had, it was this big scandal. They had to fire her. That's how Julie Kedzie ended up with the job. Like, they, they didn't run a card after that scandal for a while. I want to say almost like a year. But, Jeez, yeah. It's a long, it's a long shutdown. Yeah, yeah, they really had to, like, restructure and everything. It, it was crazy. This was also in the midst of them not having a real, like, home uh, stream video-wise. Like, there was talks of them going to Showtime, but Showtime didn't want to sign Invicta just so that the UFC could come and sign their stars away. Um, yeah, that that's prob- that's been the thing that's been holding Invicta back from being on TV. Nobody wants a feeder league, and uh, and from what I, like, I, I don't think um, they might be able to get on what you call it now, uh, Access TV. Now that LFA and RFA are uh, L- Legacy and RFA are just one organization, because you have to figure they're going to slow down eventually. Like they're not gonna be able to pump out thirty cards a year. Yeah, and I, I always live in, and I don't say live, but think of that alternate universe that they never signed to the UFC, like where they would have been. They would have just stuck around and did their own thing, and how that maybe could have worked out. Landscape of the, the, MMA might be a bit different. The only way it works out any differently in my eyes is if like the UFC decides to never sign any women. Like, for whatever reason, Ronda loses to Misha or, like, Dana White and Ronda Rousey meet and he just hates her guts from the (laughs) get-go. Like, that's the only way I see that fight. Like, that Evicta surviving in the the North American landscape without the UFC paying them to be on Fight Pass. But either way... They're still, you know, still around, still putting out quality cards. I'm interested to see though what their what their future holds if they'll ever decide to like go a different route. I'm I'm still waiting on Invicta Boxing. I mean, 
We got we got Zufa boxing. That's gonna be a thing. So this Invicta boxing can't be too far around the corner. <laughs> Just to put it out there, I think Shannon Knapp said it first. Then it makes sense because there are there are women like Jody Escabel who I think Jody Escabel fought for a world title, um, or like one of those small like regional titles that don't really mean much. Oh, actually, I'm glad you brought her up because we forgot to mention her. Nate, Nate. Uh, Shannon Nepp. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. We did. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't remember. Yeah, Shannon Nepp is, is awesome. She um done done a ton for women's MMA in terms of exposure and things like that. So she she definitely needs to be mentioned. But um. All the respect in the yeah. world. Invicta boxing, I, I I could definitely see that becoming a thing, um, especially in the Midwest, where I imagine there aren't a whole lot of promoters willing to take on like women. Because like, I, I think of the women who do get signed, and they're all like, they live in the West Coast, they live in, or they won like Olympic medals, or they're like Mexican American, so they think they can just ship them down to Mexico and turn them into like TV stars there. So. Like, yeah, maybe maybe we'll see Teresha Dave um, Douglas in like uh, the Invicta boxing cage or something like that. We'll see. Oh, uh, I don't know. I'll, 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 I don't say I'd be more excited for that than Zufa boxing. I don't know how I feel about Zufa boxing. Either, I, so. I don't care for Zufa boxing because <laughs> you, you, you know what's gonna happen they're just gonna they're, they all they want to do is make freaking they're gonna try to sign like anthony joshua and keith thurman and all, all these dudes and then they're gonna put their the ufc guys against them and then we're gonna be without quality uh like high quality mma bouts for a while as they try to like chase every freaking dumb money fight yeah. either that or it's just gonna be like a giant ego stroke for dana white he signs a bunch of these like dudes and doesn't have any idea how to develop them because that the, the one thing boxing promoters have over the UFC, and I'm not sure if this pertains to like Mick Maynard and uh, Sean Shelby, or if it's just a structural thing. It, they can they they develop dudes. There's a reason you take twenty something pro fights before you face like a legit top ten dude in boxing. All right, it's because the gap inexperience and knowledge is so deep and so specific that you need as many looks as as many different opponents as you possibly can like mma is not like that mma you could like you could be on your 10th pro fight and be like a top 10 fighter i'm not saying that doesn't happen in boxing but like vasily omachenko still had 400 professional uh, like amateur fights before he ever stepped foot in the pros it's it's just such a different system yeah. If, well, if Dana uh, thinks he's well, just gonna like wander over into boxing and start promoting world champions, he's quite. He might actually be insane. I mean, that's that's Dana. <laughs> that's, that's Dana in a nutshell. That's the guy. I think he's doing it because he's bored. Like he can't be the Dana White of old in MMA because the UFC's facing this gigantic ass monopoly lawsuit. So he's trying to find a way for his the frat you know i'm i'm a 19 year old in a 50 man, year old man's body dana white he's trying to find a way to have that uh be his public persona again 
I, I don't, I never know what Dana's doing anymore. It's whatever it is, it just seems like it's up to no good. But, <laughs> well, well, we'll see how that turns out. But, yeah, that's our, our dedication. So, as always, you know, you guys definitely go, go check those fights out. Uh, have some fun, man. It's like I said, if you got Fight Pass, just just binge, just, just binge all of those fights. You'll you'll have a good time. I feel bad not mentioning like the the recent Bellator women, because that Bellator's flyweight division has literally been like one of the best things going on in Bellator. What you got, McFarland? Trying to think of the other. Uh, Ducote, Vasquez, um, Christina Williams. Uh, like it's it's a very small group of. Uh, women they have, but they're, it's very fun. Like, I, I, I've struggled to think of, like, a bad fight they've had between them at Flyweight so far. Like, uh, Alume McFarlane, uh, I, I think Anastasia Yankova is really overrated, but, like, she's still fun to go out there and watch get punched in the face. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Yeah, I guess the only bad fight was Hardy versus Julitson. But Denise Kielholtz is there. Alejandro Laura is there. Uh, Value Eternal is there now. I don't know if uh, Gilbert's wife is ever going to fight or uh, Sabri Single is ever going to fight, but like they're there too. Like There's there's fun stuff going on that, in Bellator's flyweight division. So Yeah, and they actually have a... 45 of it. I mean, you know, less said about that, the better. <laughs> but, uh, I'm just waiting for, like, Tulita Nogueira to win the featherweight title so I don't have to watch Julia Budd fight anymore. <laughs> like, the Julia Budd that fought Morris Coonan was so much better than the Julia Budd who fought Arlene Blancow twice. Yeah, luckily, I, I'm pretty sure I watched at least one of her Bellator fights, but I don't remember them all that much. See, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably. I'm gonna make you thing. watch one of them uh, one of these days. Oh, He's gonna tune in. It's just gonna be the audio from the fight, <laughs> and you can hear him screaming in the background for them to do something. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of which, I think Arlene uh, Blackwell's like a boxing champion, or she's like, oh no no no, she fought for the uh, she fought for like you know, a, a regional title and won. Oh. Yeah. So. Bellator's trying. Bellator's trying. So that's that's all we can ask for for now, I guess. (laughs) But that was uh, both of our lists. Um, And as always, before we get out of here, parting shots and shout outs. Uh, So, as we mentioned earlier, but I'll just reiterate shout outs to Ricky Simon, uh, LFA Bantamweight champion, now signing with the UFC. It's a pretty good look. Adding more and more talent to that division that just just murderers everywhere, and he'll he'll just be another one of those guys to, to keep an eye on. Um, shout outs to my homie Scott Noble who fought at CFFC seventy uh, over this weekend, dropped a tough split decision. Uh, we 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 already had a full discussion on the fight, so I won't really go into to detail, but you know it it is what it is. But either way, man. Striking looked really awesome. Definitely looking forward to your next fight. And I appreciate the shirt uh, that I got. Uh, Shout-outs to fighters with quality merch. Um, (laughs) 
pretty pretty good shirt really comfortable so i appreciate it uh so shout out to my homie scott noble and from a parting shot in which i will empty out the full clip on cbs sports uh for this uh god i had the article up and then i lost it but um uh, cbs sports put out a list of the top five uh was it uh, quarterback bus uh since the BC era became BCS era became a thing, um, and these uh, guys I don't know who wrote the article. What what horrible human uh, behind that uh, desk, keyboard, whatever, <laughs> who wrote this article had the audacity to put Vince Young as the number one bust uh, quarterback, and I just I, I I don't I don't understand how how he's the number one bust when Vince Young's record as a quarterback was like 30 and 17 and he made it to the playoffs. I want to say twice. Don't quote me on that. Um, I know he made it at least one. Wait, wait, but the number one BCS quarterback. So they, the list was number one bust quarterback since the BCS era. Cause the, the BCS didn't become a thing until like 98, 99. Okay. But like, I don't follow football or college football, but I get a lot of it through osmosis. But how was the guy who had a psychiatric breakdown and then, like, attacked his girlfriend in the car not the number one dude listed as a bust? I don't know. This whole list. <laughs> and I'm, I'm recalling this from the top of my head, so don't quote me. I think Vince Young was number one. Jamarcus Russell was number two. Ryan Leaf was number three, who should have been number one. Um, I can't remember. I think four was Tim Couch. Five, I can't remember who five was. Probably didn't matter anyway. Um, I, I personally, on that list, probably would have either had Jamarcus or Ryan Leaf be one. Flip a coin. It doesn't matter. Even though I, I told people Jamarcus Russell was going to be awful. Uh, that, that's another story. But how, how old but, is Jamarcus um, Russell? He's now, 32. He's probably like 30-something. Yeah. Um, he's pr- probably extremely out All right, so get Jamarcus on the phone. We're going to have him, we're going to put him in the gym. I don't want to talk to Jamarcus. We're going we're gonna to put him in the gym, <laughs> and we're going to make him the UFC <laughs> heavyweight champion. Oh, all right, there you go. All right, we're going to do another career if, path. I'll, if I'll you fail that. at football, just go learn to fight. <laughs> you, 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 you don't have to be good. Look at Brandon Schaub. <laughs> oh, man. Like, even what's his freaking... Yeah, yeah. Remember when the NFL locked out for, like, a, like six weeks? Then, the, then that big-ass dude from freaking... Was it Minnesota, the Giants or whatever... Had a boxing fight against some dude. He pulled out of the audience. You can do that. <laughs> and they're talking about a potential lockout in like 2020. I want to say good, good. So, uh, Football deserves might, to uh, die. Go, go. <laughs> I'm gonna say this: the Bellator. You, you guys should be uh, the, the, the the second that lockdown happens because it's probably gonna be a thing. Um, yeah, you guys I'm, might wanna might wanna. Might, I'm might surprised wanna they haven't freaking. Put an offer out to Johnny Manziel. Nah, man, Manziel's uh, he's trying to get his life back on track. He's over here at these pro days they're having, so he's he's actually actively trying to get back into the league. Um, how that's gonna work out, I, I I don't know, but 
Yeah, but CBS Sports, whoever wrote that article, you're a terrible person. Um, if your object was just to do clickbait. It would be the hate Tennessee. But could be that. Oh, quick note also on that. Uh, Jeff Fisher is like the worst coach of all time, who Vince Young happened to be coaching on. There's no reason. To, I don't think it's a coincidence that Vince Young's career went the way it did and his head coach was Jeff Fisher. Just saying. There's, there's, there's definitely a correlation. Jeff Fisher sounds like a terrible um, human being. He is. Well, I don't know him as a human, but as a coach, he's awful. Like, complete garbage. But <laughs> that's that's all I got. I got, uh, uh, I got a shout-out. Um, since we, I just talked about them, um, shout-out to uh, Illuminae McFarlane, who started a uh, scholarship for Native girls in uh, both Hawaii and I want to say... Let me get this right. Uh, it was Hawaii and... I had tweeted it earlier. Uh, yes, native. Uh, it might have just been like Native Americans and oh, Hawaiians. Uh, uh, do do do. All right. To provide Native American and Native Hawaiian adolescent female youth with an opportunity to access world-class indigenous education enrichment programs in Panama. And to, to start this scholarship off, she put down 2000 of her own dollars, which might not sound like a lot, but this is MMA and this is Bellator, where, where I'm right. sure that's like half her paycheck. So, you know, hats off to her. It feels good, like, I have to remind myself every once in a while, not everybody who gets into MMA is just, like, a freak show weirdo. And that there are people... There are a few, few good people. There, there are people out there who do good, people like Bobby Green and, um, uh, the Big Pygmy, um, and the Lumilary Farland, so, like, there are people out there trying to make the world a better place with their platform, so, shouts to them. Also, please get her back in the cage real soon. It's been like since November. Bellator going Bellator. <laughs> oh, also Kira uh, Batara, who also put down money for this uh, scholarship. She also put down two thousand, which uh, uh, apparently covers the cost of travel to Panama. I think it's like fifteen hundred bucks. So, shouts to them. Hmm. Good people. There we go. People out in the MMA world doing good things. So, uh, yep, that's uh, pretty much all we got for today uh, for this episode. So, as always, uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, leave a review, definitely share with a friend. Uh, emails can be sent to dodotalkpodcast at yahoo.com. And if you want to hit us up on Facebook, just go to Facebook, type in Dojo Talk Podcast, and you can find us there as well. So that is all for today's episode. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it, and hopefully we catch you guys soon. Peace.